Um, okay, so here we are. We're back. And um, better than ever. It's been a whole hot minute since we have done an episode of Were You Even Listening? Mostly because summer break happened and we weren't here in the same place. And also we wanted to take a minute to kind of restructure the podcast that I know you know and love as much as you do, dear right. listener. To make it, we're always evolving and we're going to make it better. Yeah. Yeah, so throughout this quote-unquote season of the podcast, um, instead of doing just general news, as well as going through all of the releases of a week, we are going to be tackling a single release um, more in-depth than we had previously, as well as starting some new series um, that will serve as uh, supplemental content for those album releases. So there's a lot to look forward to. I'm very excited about this year. I spent all summer working on not being so weird and like, <laughs> so I'm really developing a persona, you know, like not as quirky, you know, like, no, I really like, I'm honestly scared that you're like, cause like I, what? cause I, well, I can't just be myself. You know what I mean? No. Yes. What's wrong with being yourself, Natalie? You're trying to tell our, no, no, no. our audience that no, no, no. you can't no, be yourself. Edit people, yourself for other no. people. Because the people who always are like, be yourself are also the ones who ask why I'm such a brat. And it's just like... Who hurt you? 22. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, what got you to this point? I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, you know... If I learned I'm changing anything, my image. <laughs> if I learned anything from attending Pod Slam 2018 at the IO Theater in Chicago, um, I know that it doesn't matter what your personality is. That's what you should highlight when you're doing a podcast, so that people really understand the genuine you. Okay. But then, I guess for you, that's kind of no, hard. No, no, that's fine then. Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm a huge bitch. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> okay, cool. Now we're in. Now we're genuine, and now we can really talk about this album. Um, what's our first episode, Natalie? Um, we are delving into Brock Hampton's latest release, Iridescence, their it fourth studio album. Came out on Friday. Um. To critical acclaim. I, honestly, yes, because it has been. It has. It's definitely their most. It's their most talked about release. Um, I feel like it's garnered a lot of attention. I think Garner. even more so than the saturations. That is a good word, isn't it? Thank yeah. you. I'm in grad school now. I'm getting my master's. <laughs> like I'm learning more words. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no. I I definitely think that there's been more hype for this album than than the oh, saturations. Because for people sure. were definitely were very excited to see how they were going to follow up the saturation trilogy especially after the loss of a key member of the right. band. And this technically, I feel like it's technically their fifth. Yeah. But the first All-American Trash was considered a mixtape, I guess. So it's actually their fourth studio but, like, album. it's an album. Like, I know. It's like 12 songs. So. Right. And it's like, it looks like it's under the same, like I looked it up and it's like under the same label that they had yeah. before. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. Plus I mean, it has good songs on it. Do what you want. Like, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Which I feel like Iridescence was kind of going back to All-American Trash, except not as, it didn't have as clear of a direction or like, you know what I mean? I'd say that's valid. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, and uh, 
Kevin Abstract tweeted that the fourth album is always the most interesting and then gave um, Kanye's album as, like, an example. Yeah. And, and me and Britton were like, what? For those who don't know, Kanye West's fourth album is 808s and Heartbreaks. Um, the fourth Radiohead album is Kid A, which was listed as one of the biggest um, inspirations for this album, which I don't... It doesn't really reflect that in the music, but maybe if that was their mindset for it, like, they want to do something different, do something experimental, like, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely more believable than, like, they wanted to make the next Kid A. No, I, I don't think they were trying to make yeah. the next Kid A. Yeah. I think it definitely was more of, like... An experimental, and the same could be said for Kanye's. So eight oh eights was definitely experimental. Yeah. Um, compared at least to to the albums that came before it, yeah, it was a, it was a foray into pop music that he hadn't really touched before. Right. So for this album, I guess I we can just start by all the junk leading up to this album release because it was a whole mess. Yeah, and this I summer. mean you follow them closer than I do. I did. Um, yeah. So I mean, if you want to like, I know I know the general picture, but mm-hmm. if you could like paint the the details, because all I could really do is broad strokes here. Right. So basically, I mean, and I also think this whole mess around the album release probably affected my listening experience. Like, I'd like to say that it didn't, but mm-hmm. I think it might have. Um, so the whole thing kind of started with um, Amir's the allegation against Amir's. Um, you know, sexual misconduct. And that basically, that came out a week before they, they ended up kicking him out of the band. Right. Um, or the group. I mean, I don't know. They're It's a band. Whatever. It's a boy band. It's a band. It's yeah, boy band since One Direction. So basically, like, you know, someone came out I believe it was I, I believe it was one person came out and I don't I don't know if anybody else had like reaffirmed it, mm-hmm. um, just you know with allegations of like sexual misconduct um, an ex girlfriend did I believe, and so that happened you know it was like a week before I was supposed to see them in town ballroom, um, in Buffalo, and you know at the time like I was following the story because I was like this is like a big deal. And I wasn't sure what was going to come of it. And then, like, less than a week later, they did a performance in Boston, I believe, where they Amir was not present mm-hmm. for that part of the tour because they were on tour during this as well. And Amir, like, during his verses, they stayed silent. And it was kind of like them taking a stance kind of thing. Um, so then I just, I kind of knew at that point. At that point, it was like two days before the concert. They had already concert, kind of known what they had to do. I had, a f- I had a feeling of what they were going to do. And then two days later, they, they had an announcement um, that said, Amir is no longer in Brockhampton. We want to sincerely apologize to the victims that were affected by Amir's actions. So I guess there was multiple. Um, we were lied to and we're sorry for not speaking up sooner. We do not tolerate any abuse of any kind. Mm-hmm. This is not a solution to their suffering, but we hope it's a step in the right direction. We're going to cancel the remaining dates of the current U.S. tour and go home and regroup. And that was about two days before that concert. Right. So that all happened, and I definitely think canceling the tour to regroup was a good move absolutely Um, especially if it led to um kind of them working finding a way to work together as a group without one of like the big collaborators because if you look at saturation three he's on every almost every song he's the face of their like that's also what really stung about this is not only like he was a founding member of like the alive since forever Mm -hmm. you know before they transitioned into Brockhampton. And he was uh, definitely, he was so heavy in all the saturations, really. He was very heavy in all the saturations. He was the face of all three albums. Like, they chose him as their face, and then, you know, that that's what happened. And, you know, Kevin, 
abstract went on like Instagram live. I remember watching a little bit of it, like the day that they said they kicked him out of the group. And, you know, he was like kind of explaining the situation. So basically by kicking him out, they kind of reaffirmed the fact that these allegations were true. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a way of recognizing that something happened. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't know about it, obviously, Mm -hmm. until the allegations had come through. So it was, I think it was really the only thing that they could have done Done. in that situation. In order to even still stay as a group. Because also, you know, when I found that out, to me, I was thinking how the whole group is going to is going to suffer for this of one person's actions like we've mm-hmm. seen it before where whole bands yeah. have suffered for the actions of one mm-hmm. um, i mean recently you had the whole orwell situation mm-hmm. um, where the lead singer who had been kind of like a famous asshole as far as <laughs> shows go um just straight up like a coalition of victims and women in mm-hmm. the scene came together to show that no like it wasn't just him being kind of an ass on stage there was more yeah to it and there was more that the public wasn't seeing about that mm-hmm. and I definitely like I also you know the summer previous I had gotten really into like all the solo work of everybody mm-hmm. so I was looking up and there's it's limited for most people I think Kevin Abstract is the only one with like a full album right. out of them as far as I know as far as solo work um, but, like, I, you know, I really liked Amir's, f- the few songs that he had. He had, like, four that I, that I listened to. But then, I, you know, that's disappointing, too, because it's just, like... And we talked about the, that whole thing with it, the entertainment industry. Yeah. And, like, I, I think it was, like, episode six or something. Yeah, that was a pretty at-length thing, because that was right after Brand New yes. happened. Yeah. Um, so, like, I just, you know, I made, a, like, a long vent on Instagram about it and just kind of basically saying... You know, stand with the victims, but, you know, it's okay to like what you like kind of thing as far as the the group goes. The, the big point, I think, that persists throughout all of these allegations that are coming out, um, what even the ones that aren't, like, really followed up or the ones that haven't been, like, looked into yet. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, there's going to be allegations that we just don't hear about for, mm-hmm. for smaller bands or for people who don't have the same spotlight that Brockhampton or Brand New had. Um, but if, like, this group was a big part of who you were, if, like, the, their music was something that, like, kind of defined your character in a way, like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to, it to cut that out and entirely. That's in in my long rant, which it wasn't, it was my Finsta, <laughs> you know, my fake Instagram, my private one. I used but to it's make not f- fake, it's real. It's real. I don't know why people call it fake Instagrams. It's just my, it's my side Instagram. Like, I don't know, like... Mm-hmm whatever I don't like the term fence the real you yeah it's like the real me honestly but anyways uh in that in that long rant I did say like you know I put this big thing about like not letting it taint the memories that I have associated with songs Mm -hmm. you know and you know it's okay to to like the songs of the band it you know don't let it taint those memories is basically kind of what I got it but at the same time it's okay to stand with the victims too so Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a whole rant about that but that all being said, he was kicked out officially. The they canceled the tour. Puppy the got, puppy got pushed back yeah. because they had announced puppy before, and it was going to be Matt Champion, I believe, was the was mm-hmm. um, going to be on the cover for that one. Um, so like, yeah. So and then basically it was pushed back, but then it was like scrapped without warning. And then you said there was like a, another album before Iridescence that they were promoting. Yeah, it was supposed to be. Um, the best days of our lives 
but that got reworked into a trilogy. this new series of albums. Right. Like, they're working on three, including Iridescence as the start. Mm-hmm. So then that happened, like, Pushy Puppy got pushed back and then scrapped. Iridescence, I felt like, came out of nowhere. A new tour was announced, totally disregarding the cities that they dropped after the last right. cancellation, which I think was kind of a bad, like, PR move. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I just... From your professional communications <laughs> consultant Exactly, thank you. Um, I'm a professional. But I just thought that was, like, a bad move. Like, I, I know Buffalo was one, but it wasn't the only one. Right. I saw people in the comments that were saying, like, Florida, too. Um, and it's just, like, when you drop half a tour, which reasonably so, like, they that was a good move, but then when you announce a new tour you should probably not disregard those cities well did you get um like a refund for the tickets oh yeah i got a refund like that's fine like that's not a big deal that's not what i'm worried about it's not i don't care about the money like i got a refund it was all good i'm just saying like they disregarded the fact that they were supposed to come to all these cities because they gotten arguably bigger since the last tour was announced so they didn't you know, it's not the only are going to big. Well, the fact now. that they were even going to play at the town ballroom to begin with was a wild. It was. Thing. It was definitely. That's why I was so excited for it. I'm like, there's like, it's so wild to me that they're coming to town ballroom. But I think at the time that they booked it, I feel like they weren't as big, and so it was. Mm-hmm. It, it did make sense. It had probably thing. been something that was in the works for a while. Right. I would think. Yeah, and so then that happened, and then a bunch of not that great merch dropped. Um, for iridescence? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's... like, not good, because their theme is, like, thermal mm-hmm. now, and I'm just, uh, okay. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, we had, like, these singles release, like, Truman, Wildfire, Diana. Diana, that are not a part of the album. No, but they were all good. They were, but and... they were all amazing, so it's, like, making you think this album's going to be great. Um, and so, like, that happened... And then they made their first, like, appearance on Jimmy Fallon, where they also sang Tanya, Tanya I think. Yeah. Um, and that was, like, their big comeback because they hadn't done any performances. What I think happened, without knowing a whole lot, obviously, other than what was publicly announced for this album, I'm assuming that Truman, Diana, and Wildfire were songs that were going to be in some way on Puppy mm-hmm. or on whatever the previous iteration of this album was. Um they were done, they had them, but they ultimately decided that that wasn't the direction that they wanted mm-hmm. this album to go in. Right. And that makes sense. And it also, it does leave me wondering, though, what Puppy would have sounded like. Sounded like, like yeah. I'm definitely, I mean, it and we'll probably never know. Yeah. We, yeah. It definitely wouldn't, I don't think it would be like Iridescence. Um, and then, and yeah, then Yeah, probably would have been pretty good. And then basically they dropped a single the day of the album. They didn't, like drop release any music before the album probably because the new album was rushed and sloppily put together so hot take (laughs) that's my hot take and then that's basically bringing us to the album that's where we are to friday night yeah um when (laughs) the album pre-order was available for 24 hours on vinyl um before it had released so we didn't know there was no way we could have known that we would be spending money on it an okay album. Like, well, first of all, Britain, <laughs> Britain texted me and he was like, "What what address do you want the Iridescence vinyl ship to?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now that I'm getting the Iridescence vinyl, like it's set, it's happening. It's too late. It's to too really late. Apologize or do anything about it. Like that money's there. It's been spent. It's gone. I That's mean, money in their bank. If anything, I'm hoping there'll be some nice like artwork in it or something. No, it's just gonna be the thermal shit. And then oh god, please not the thermal. Okay, because I I I was down with the blue face paint 
the orange jumpsuit thing yeah, that they were like, doing. It was, it was iconic, yeah. frankly. But the thermal, they're trying to make that happen the same way they made the blue face paint happen. And I'm just well, like, maybe, I mean, it's still early. It's only been three days. So like, a lot of people are into it, though. So this, yeah. is just, this is just my opinion. Like, a lot of people really like the thermal thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, you guys do you. If it works, we'll it works. We'll see. It's, I think it's interesting because it stands out heavily on, like, the blue background that is persistent through all of the vinyl mm-hmm. um, and the merch. When we went, when I went to, on the website for the vinyl, like my eyes, like literally, just like burned <laughs> because it it was such a bright, like neon green that I'm like, this is disgusting. But that was the <laughs> point, I guess, was to uh, to do that. So right. Anyway. Anyways, I guess we'll get into the album. Yeah. So that's that's the background information. Yeah. Um, if you weren't following along with with it as it was happening, um, we'll take a quick word from our sponsor. And then we will come back, and then we will talk about each track, or at least the ones that we think are worth talking about. Right. Right here on Were You Even Listening. Stay tuned. Hey. For you, the listeners of Were You Even Listening, Vinyl Me Please is a vinyl record of the month club. The best record club, in fact. Every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of members worldwide. Plus, members get exclusive access to the Vinyl Me Please store, filled to the brim with special releases, reissues, and more that you won't find anywhere else. To join their record club, go to joinvmp.com backslash WFSE. Again, that's joinvmp.com backslash WFSE. To join Vinyl Me Please today. And we're back. Thank you, Vinyl Me Please, for supporting Were You Even Listening. And honestly, to just to go off of that, it's actually a really great service that Britain and I both have. So Yeah. It's literally like, like it's, we, it's, it's not legitimately like just, good. Yeah, it's like, not like we're just putting it in there yeah. because of like, oh yeah, try the Casper mattress, which yeah. by the way casper.com backslash wfse get hundred dollar off a mattress hello no um (laughs) the vinyl me please definitely has some really really great things going for it specifically the packaging like Mm -hmm. next like second to none as far as quality goes the quality is really great the um the feist reissue that was this month is like stunning honestly like it's beautiful and i love it and the Beach House one also was yeah. amazing. And there's always, you know, you get, like, cocktail recipes. Yeah, you get and, uh, prints. Yeah. Sometimes you get an extra, like, bonus single disc. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. Yeah, it's neat. Great. All right, anyways. So back, to the, back to Brockhampton. Now that we're done pimping out Vinyl Me Please, back to Brockhampton. <laughs> New Orleans, first track, Your Thoughts, Britain. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Sick, bro. Um... I think it's a good introduction, frankly. Like, even though I don't love it, um, I think it definitely does its best to set the scene for the album. Um, like, you could listen to this and kind of know that everything else that's going to happen on the rest of this record sounds very similar. Right. When I was listening to it, I was like, you know, this isn't a bad song. I just hope the whole album isn't this safe and yeah, boring. Yeah, you texted me. I hope the yeah. whole album isn't safe and boring. And I said, well, have fun. <laughs> But the whole album is, like, honestly, to put it bluntly, like, I'm going to put my B first. Like, yeah, and then this, we can, like... This album is very safe and very boring. Yeah. Comparatively speaking, um, it lacks the overall energy of the Saturation trilogy, specifically Saturation 3. Every time I'm listening to a track, I'm like, this isn't Boogie. And, like, I understand that 
you can't have that on every single song. And that's not what they were going for. And that's not what they were going for either. But when it feels like Joba's verses are the only ones that have any like energy or immediacy any value honestly like honestly this is his record yeah this is joba's record Um, like joba's the star of iridescence absolutely which is crazy because usually it's kevin is Mm -hmm. i feel like kevin and matt champion and that's what's interesting because kevin specifically takes a backseat in a lot of these songs like his verses are either like pitched up or like toned down, which is done in saturation. Yes, yeah, but absolutely. like I feel like before it was effective, and now I'm not seeing it. Using it as the introductions and the hooks to the songs, I feel like was an interesting choice that mm-hmm. I don't think pays off musically, but creatively, it's definitely interesting mm-hmm. because Kev, the, all the stuff that Kevin raps about obviously is is interesting and it's unique and it should be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it doesn't mesh I feel like with the rest of the album in a way like it feels like there was a conscious decision to try and include both types of Brockhampton I agree both of like the all-american trash and the saturations it's almost like they were like infused right. into this because album it, all-american trash while it was quote-unquote a mixtape it has a focus to it like everything on there sounds cohesive Whereas on saturation, the songs sound different, but they're they're high energy, and they're easily listenable, and you can put that like you can put any song from sat- one of the saturations on a playlist, and like y- it it will kind of set the tone for that mm-hmm. and set the mood. Um, so that was just my kind of like problems with this. Like there haven't been a lot of rap albums this year that have really captured my attention. Like I was hoping this would. Um, yeah, and I and I was definitely, especially since the loss of a member, I was hoping it would prove that they didn't need any one member to mm-hmm. to make a great album, which I think is still true. I think I it's think, still valid. I think it's and I think it's still valid, but I definitely it's just like you were just hoping to like for it to really like blow you away. I guess yeah. is what I yeah, and that's with that. partially because of the fact that. Truman, Diana, Wildfire were, we're so all good. really very, very They good. made me very excited for this release. Right. But honestly, I feel like Iridescence is a little sloppy. That's my hot take. Like, I don't think it had, I don't think, and I'm, they're used to dropping albums. Like, all saturations were given within, within one year. year. Yeah. So, like, it's not like they can't do it, but, like, it felt rushed to me. I don't yeah. know. And then that's the point. Like, Joba's sections on these songs, um, specifically, like, on District, He's still talking about the same problems that he's talked about in other albums, like the depression, mental health, etc. But because of the fact that he sounds like he's having more fun with it, or he's taking it more seriously, or something, like they stand out on every single song that he's on. Absolutely, um, and I, I was honestly thinking the same thing about Joba in like his lyrics about mental health. I was like, and the theme is still there. Like Kevin still raps about like homophobia and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and Matt Champion is still you know respect talking about respecting women and joba's still talking all great issues that we should be talking about and that rap groups frankly don't talk about really as that, much, all that yeah. much so like they talk about real things and that's part of the reason why i fell in love with them um but i definitely think that joba's was more effective than anybody else in yeah this. yeah it's it's just kind of weird i guess because he's not usually the focus um so maybe, like, if we could peek behind the curtain into the production of this album, we could see if maybe that was a conscious decision to, to push him forward as into opposed the spotlight. To, yeah. to Kevin or Matt. But, you know, even um, 
Bareface is on every record. Uh, yeah. I mean, every song on this record, basically. Bareface is really like took a step up for this yeah. for this record and is on Most of the introductions are Bareface. Mm-hmm. If you look at um, the breakdown, like on the lyrics or yeah, on Genius yeah. or anything, yeah. Um, so as the first part of the quote unquote best years of our lives trilogy, like I'm not amazingly excited for what the next experience is going to be. It kind of worries me to, for what the next two are going to be. But then, yeah. again, the next two could take a different direction. Like, we don't really it's know true. what their it plans are. Be, They're very unpredictable. If, yeah, if the if the whole, like, um, focus of this album was supposed to be... I mean, if... Hold on. Let me stop and try this again. If... The inspiration for this album was Kid A, then maybe, you know, the next album is going to be something more along those lines in which they embrace the experimental nature of it. Like, maybe that's going to happen. Maybe it'll kind of open up more and we'll get different influences as opposed to just high energy fun rap music. Um, Because I feel like this is definitely a bridge to that. Like, it is a step in the direction of more more thoughtful stuff like Blood Orange. Right, and it's, it's sound, you know, more sounding like their solo work, which um, their solo work sounds nothing like Rockhampton, which is another reason I like them so much. Right. It's because they, you could tell that they're very versatile in that way because their solo work does not sound like Rockhampton. They can really do it all. Um, especially, you know, with if, if people haven't listened to Kevin Abstract's solo work, it, if you like Frank Ocean, I don't see at all why you wouldn't like Kevin Abstract. They're very similar to me. Um, All-American Boyfriend is the name of his album, right? Or Miserable um, America. Um, it is American Boyfriend, American a suburban Boyfriend. love story. Right. That album is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, everything on it. So, um, yeah, check that out if you even, like, remotely like Because that album fucks. Yeah, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways... Now I lost my train of thought because I'm thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what just happened. Like I'm just I'm thinking of all of their individual works that have stood out more and all the other like things in this genre that have already stood out more this year. I mean, like mm-hmm. you have the Black Panther soundtrack. You've had Blood hey, Orange. Dope. Um you've had No Name. Like Yeah, No Name just dropped right. an album. And like there's there's so many Black's album was amazing. I really yeah. vibed with that. Like, there's just, there's so many other people in this space that it lacks the kind of direction that I think sets it apart. Like, it, it, this album just kind of faded in the background for me a little bit. Yeah, I agree completely. But I don't think Brockhampton fans agree, like, the annoying fans, <laughs> the, like, 21 pilot fans of Brockhampton. Like, those right. fans are, like, I don't know where they came from, but they're here. <laughs> They just kind of came up out of the woodwork. They came from the woodwork, yeah, in order to just like start standing Kevin Abstract and Brockhampton. Yeah, it's like the Stanners. Yeah. I just I don't I don't know when that happened, but I don't know when it was literally it it had to it was like overnight. It was overnight. All of a sudden, all the stands came out, and I don't know if it's just because I started following like Kevin and Matt and Merlin on like Twitter and Instagram and Jaden. Kevin's boyfriend, I follow him on Instagram. So I don't know if it's just because maybe I'm seeing more of this crap because they're, like, retweeting it. That's possible. But <laughs> it just reminds me of 21 Pilots fans, I guess. Is what right. Like, as soon as the album, the songs start getting, like, overanalyzed, and yeah. then, like, 
fandom posts start coming out on Tumblr. As soon as I see a Brockhampton fandom post on Tumblr, I will know that it has hit critical mass. So, And that's how we determine where they are on the Billboard charts. Correct. Basically. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, those, Thug Life was those a, things aside. Yeah. Thug Life was the second one. I mean, I guess getting back on track of like the yeah. analysis. Um, I did not like Thug Life. I thought it was unnecessary. That was my... Yeah, in my I, opinion on that. I have positive, I have positive feelings regarding weight, um, most of Honey, Tanya, and Fabric. For me, I like um, well the bridge and weight. I really liked, and that's kind of what made yeah. me like that song. It was really only the bridge, um, and I also liked the the message and what it was about and what Kevin was talking about. So I liked that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I liked, I liked the violin part and tape. I think it happened more towards the bridge. They have good bridges in this album. Um, but the violin, like, I really liked that in that. And Joba's verse was really good in that, of course. Mm-hmm. And then um, Honey, I mean, it samples Beyonce, so, like, how can you really not like Honey? And I did, like, the midway transition. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that that song kind of does a whole beat switch, like, halfway through, I think is interesting. Yeah, I've always liked, I've always gravitated to our songs that did that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, The Weeknd used to do that a lot. Like, and, um, Nights, Frank yeah. Ocean. And, and Nights, Frank Ocean, that's, like, yeah. a perfect example of that. And, and Tame Cab by Kevin does mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. like, I love when, I love when artists do that. Um, and then Vivid, at first when I heard it, in my listening diary notes, I put, now you're just trying too hard. But since I've been listening to it since then, I actually kind of fuck with it. Like, it's pretty it's pretty good. I know you don't like it that much, but... Yeah, it's I mean, it's fine. Like, I like my the issue with this is that I don't have a lot to say about it because it's just, it's, it's just, it's there. That's, like, it's just, it's the fine. The whole album is fine. That's kind of what it I is, got from it, but it nothing... It's, like, inoffensive. It doesn't really take yeah. any extra risks that, like, th- their work previously could have... Like, releasing Boogie as the single was ridiculous. Like, that song is chaos incarnate. It's so good, But, like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a risk. This album doesn't have anything that I feel like does that. That was a great way to put it, like, comparing Boogie. Because that was a risk for them to do. But they didn't. Everything about this was safe. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's why I felt like I felt like it was just... Nothing excite despite the fact that I feel like they were trying to put a lot of energy out. Like the songs are high energy, mm-hmm. but like there nothing exciting was happening. I didn't feel a connection with anything. Like yeah. it was kind of that kind of deal, and you know, I like except for Vivid. Like I think Vivid was a little out there, a little yeah. The, the thing that's like, <laughs> like the the ingredients are there, mm-hmm. the layers there, the samplings there. The use of their previous songs, the use of like a Radiohead song, um, I think in Honey, no, not Honey. Um, Honey was Yante. Which one was it? Tape. Tape has a sample from Radiohead's um, videotape in it. Mm, that's why I like um, it so much. Yeah. <laughs> so like, the the pieces are there. Everyone's performing, you know, where they should be, basically. I think it was just, like, the cutting room floor decisions that were made that are throwing me off mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. It just wasn't assembled correctly, yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. Like, maybe... Maybe more time if they didn't try to push the album out so fast. Or, alternatively, they just wanted to make a safe record so that they would know that they would still have a fan base. 
True. I mean, album. especially this was their first album under RCA Records, and right. that's a major that's a major label. So it's you know, and they signed that on for like I think it's a six year contract. No, it's a three year contract to make six albums in three years, I believe. Yeah. So we'll have the rest of this trilogy, and then probably like other things in between there. But yeah. So ultimately, like, what is your what is your like final like one sentence takeaway? My final one sentence takeaway of Iridescence by Brock Hampton. This album doesn't fuck. <laughs> I I wrote that, but thank you. No. But no, um, that's true. Like n- <laughs> No, my real one sentence takeaway um of Iridescence is it's a lot of noise, but none of it's really making a connection. Mm. And it's pretty safe. Mm. Ooh, that was so artsy. I just, I think, like, (laughs) this is going to be an album that will just kind of go down as one that was fine. Yeah. It's not going to be, I don't think it's going to top many charts. Yeah, but I I do, I'm not sure about this, but I think it's charted higher than any of their other albums. I mean, like, as far as... Any, as the Saturation Trilogy, I guess. As far as people, like talk about it like in the like moving forward from now like i don't think it's going to be on like end of the year list for best album oh no i don't think it's going to be on best hip-hop of 2018 yeah like i don't think that those i don't think that this album specifically deserves to have that spot over like blood orange or over no name mm-hmm. so or black i don't know great album um no i agree completely and i think that all this album really makes me want to do is go back and, and listen, listen to, to Saturation. Yeah. So, what's your one sentence? No, that 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 was it, but it was just a long sentence with lots of, lots of commas. And right, and that's usually how you are: is long and drawn out, you know, winded, long winded sentences. Yeah, is your normal aesthetic. So, yeah, overanalyzing is the aesthetic of Brent Rosell. <laughs> He's he narrowed his eyes at me. He's not happy with <laughs> me right now. No, it's true. And no, I'm kidding. You know, I'm kidding. No, but it is true. <laughs> um. That's my sentence. Me too. Me too. Honestly, yes. Actually, that could describe our whole podcast. (laughs) Just Just a lot. It's just a big mess. We're messy people. It's fine. And then I just don't understand. Like a lot of the the reviews for it and everything are just like hyper positive. Like I agree. This is their best album ever. Like no, it's not. I read. I think it was Consequence of Sound was talking about how it was their best record. It's like full to bursting. It's full of everything that you would want from a, a Brockhampton exactly. record. Like, no, what? <laughs> like are we talking <laughs> about the I same band? When I read that, I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> and so. it made me question myself. Like I'm like, am I really? Am I being too harsh at this point? Like everybody else loves this album. No, I don't like, think so. Like. If it didn't, if it didn't mesh with you, if you weren't feeling it the way that like everyone else was, that's not like that does that doesn't mean that your like perception of it is invalid. That just means that you weren't looking for this specific record for them. That was that was deep. I try. That was emotional. But anyway, that's our thoughts on Iridescence by Brockhampton. Thank you for listening to Were You Even Listening? Were You Even Listening? Um, Expect more content very soon. Yeah, it's been a while since we put out any content. Yeah, for for several reasons, but mostly, yeah, this is going to be the kickoff event, basically. Yeah. Um, So we're going to be doing one album a week, and then aside content that'll be probably a little bit of a shorter episode yeah we have some Um, fun segments planned we'll still have love songs from misconnections yeah i love those because they're so fun people in erie are so poetic (laughs) 
It's really great. <laughs> For those of you who don't even know what I'm talking about, I feel obligated to explain that yeah, Love Song or do. Misconnections is a game we play where we have guests come in and um, basically they have we read lines of either what is a song or a missed connection on Craigslist and they have to guess whether it was a song lyric mm-hmm. or love song or or a missed connection and yep. it's harder than it's you think much it would harder be. harder than you would anticipate. Yeah. yeah, like you would think, yes, I would have this in the bag, but... People are very poetic on Craigslist on yeah. this connection. You really never know what you're going to find when you go to that part of the internet. So. <laughs> and then there's there's some other stuff, too, but, you know. All right. And also, um, somebody uh, reviewed Brockhampton's Iridescence uh, yes. for the Spectator, um, which Julia Robinson, um, a student at the university that we currently attend, um, <laughs> reviewed the album for the school newspaper, and you'll be able to find that review on edinburghnow.com. Which is also where you'll find this podcast. Among um, other places. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll also find it. We're on Google Podcasts now, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, SoundCloud. iTunes. And iTunes. And wherever else you can hear things. Um, Except really. for Spotify. We're not on Spotify yet. We're not on Spotify. We'll never get, We'll never be cool enough to be at Spotify. I don't say that. I don't think so. <laughs> I like to set the bar low so that. So then low explanations. Exactly. Right. No disappointment here on where you've been listening. Well, except for iridescence. Thank yeah. you for listening to this episode. Thank you to Vinyl Me Please for supporting the podcast. And thank you, dear listener, for spending your hard-earned time to welcome us. Yeah, and listen to us ramble. I mean, we're fun, for sure. But, like... And that's where we're going to go. Here's our editing music. Thank you. Bye. Here's our outro. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Stop recording. Okay, okay. Natalie, stop Sorry. recording. Okay, okay. Natalie, okay. 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 Okay.